audio sermons from Peachtree Christian Church. Today's scripture is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Uh, Please have a little patience with me of my voice. If I have to cough, I'm sorry. Um, I agree. I'd rather just have the children come back and sing and hear their voices again. But uh, we'll see if we can make it through together. Paul loves his metaphors and symbolic language in this passage. Maybe a little too much, in my opinion. I read this passage so many times this week uh, because either it's a little dense or I am. I don't know about you, but I sometimes read something so much that the words just start jumbling together. This happens for me sometimes uh, when books or passages use a lot of imagery or, as my wife can attest, when I try to read directions and insert words or just skip lines completely. So one night this week, as I was looking at this passage again, I knew it was, a, it was time to go to bed when I read, The day of the Lord will come like a pregnant thief in the night. Well, last week, Dan Garrett shared how Paul, just before this passage in 1 Thessalonians 4, comforted and taught the church to understand what happens to believers who have died before Jesus' return. But this week, Paul starts off by saying, you get that whole Jesus is coming back thing well enough, so we'll move on. And I think some of us might disagree with Paul on this and want a few more details. But Paul's focus in this passage is discussing how our lives as Christians and Christ followers should be affected by the day of the Lord when Jesus returns and sets all things new and installs a new creation. And it begins by quickly addressing two wrong ways to handle the coming of the day of the Lord. The first way to mishandle it is to get wrapped up in the minutia. When is this going to happen? You might say, wait, he says we won't be surprised by it. Doesn't that mean we'll have a little more insight? And uh, I'll get to that in a minute. 
But uh, people who tend to want to know every little detail about it disagree with Paul's opening statement that he doesn't need to speak more about the day of the Lord are often people who are drawn to focusing on knowing the times and places or just searching for comfort and hope. People tend to long for the day of the Lord when circumstances are bleak and they see little hope for change in their world and in their lives outside of a cataclysmic change. These are how we get doomsday cults. Someone promises and answers, and I hope that, and I hope that it's all over very soon. And people are hungry for answers. You can go on YouTube and find countless revelation experts who can show you how what's happening now is exactly what John was talking about. One example of these situations of these cults is the Dom, the Dami mission. It's, it was in South Korea started in the late 80s when this pastor wrote a book that said the end is near that's how you sell books right there he said that the rapture is going to happen on october 28th at midnight count on it and he gained tens of thousands of followers and they started to sell everything they had give all their stuff away preparing for the rapture that was surely going to occur on October 28th. If you're not aware, wrongo uh, did not happen. And many of those people who were already clinging to this one last hope found the despair too much and ended up taking their own lives. These cults ignore the scriptures that no one knows the days or the hours, and they're typically led by someone looking to exploit people's hope. And the people in these cults tend to, to look generous because they're convinced that their financial means and money have no more value. But the issue with that is that our loving God who has given us all we have and shown us great love that we couldn't imagine doesn't ask for us to give valueless gifts back to him. Our God calls for us to give things we value because we value them, but because we value him more. So what's the more common error that Paul is concerned about in this passage? It's failing to even care about the day of the Lord at all. I think this is the most common mistake for us, especially here in the U.S., in our nice church, their stained glass windows, we have very little to worry about when it comes to being Christians in America. A lot of us have nice retirement saved up. Our needs are met. We're not persecuted. Life's pretty good. How easy it is for many of us to not even think about Jesus coming back to earth and to make all things new. Because we have lives going on. I don't know. When's the last time you thought about it? When's the last time you thought about Jesus coming back? Or even whispered the prayer, come quickly, Lord. I'll be honest. We got Christmas coming up. We got Thanksgiving. I really want deep fried turkey. I don't know if you've ever had deep fried turkey. It's amazing. I'm not sure that's guaranteed after Jesus comes back. 
And so I kind of want it now. I'm not in the biggest thinking about Jesus coming back mood. And I think for some of us, the day of the Lord would be an unwelcomed cause, uh, would be unwelcome because we're the ones who Paul is talking about saying, we have peace, we have security. So what is Paul telling us to do in light of the coming day of the Lord? What does he mean with all this awake, asleep, sober, drunk? I'll tell you. It comes down to us being children of light and children of the day that he talks about. Paul's calling the Christians in Thessalonica and calling us today to live as new creations in Christ. As if the day of the Lord has already come and that Jesus has started to set things right because he already has. We are living in the kingdom of God now because Christ died for us. We are to live as though he is the Lord of our lives because he is. We are to live a life by living in the faith of Jesus Christ and loving God and loving our neighbors, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And our hope is the helmet of hope of salvation, that our salvation will appear with the return of our Lord as he finishes his work. Sober, awake living is remembering God and all in our lives every day and living in light of all the love and grace that he has shown for us and humility and gratitude towards him. And like every other time Paul tells us to live like this, he says it's a team effort, guys. We are the body of Christ for a reason. You are going to need to remind each other because you will all have days where Jesus isn't at the forefront of your mind. You'll have to figure out childcare or how to care for your aging parents. What's for dinner? You'll have to deal with frustrations at work. All that will eat away at your gratitude and focus. On a bigger scale, Paul's calling us to live against a system that rewards us for going along with it. A system that does not have grace or love in mind. A system that gives kickbacks to the rich and a pull yourself up by your bootstraps advice to the poor. A system that is light on grace and lacks empathy and love for those on the other side of issues. In November, many American Christians remember and celebrate the great Catholic activist Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day founded the Catholic Worker Movement, which aimed to live in accordance with the justice and charity of Jesus Christ. His goals were hospitality towards the margin the margins of society by creating communities that would work together for the betterment of all involved. She embodied the life of love and charity that we are called to by the gospel. One of her famous quotes states that as Christians, our problems stem from our acceptance of this filthy, rotten system. We are often too easily accepting of a broken system 
that doesn't reflect the heart of Christ. So our call by Paul here in 1 Thessalonians 5 is to live as though the world is already ruled by Jesus. To love those who need our love, which is everybody. (laughs) To care for those who need our help. To live by the principles of faith, hope, and love. Because Jesus is coming back to set things right and to make all things new. And we are to live as though it's already happened.